Welcome to part two of the Virtus Performance Podcast. I am not Lockie Wallace, I'm Jared Pulsar. Um, I've been given the hosting duties or keys to the podcast cave this afternoon and our first podcast went for a lot longer than expected. So we decided for our bladders and for you listeners uh, listening, um, we decided to split it in two. So first half of the podcast was all about Virtus's journey and what it is and how it became. We talked a little bit about the fitness industry and what Virtus does and how it works and what makes it so successful. I'm going to take you on a bit of a different slant now. I'm going to look at, into the world of performance and then finish off with a bit of fun towards the back end of this second part of the podcast. I hope you enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Sweet, sweet world. <laughs> That's the quote. I steal a line from one of my other favorite podcasts, The Starters, the NBA boys. Hopefully they're back doing their thing quite soon with the NBA preseason, pre-season kicking off. But we're back. Um, <laughs> we both went to the toilet. We didn't realize how long we had been uh, going for. I think we almost ticked up to two hours, which was... We're getting there. We're getting there. So we decided to split it. Hopefully you enjoyed the first half of the podcast, which was all about the journey of Virtus and and the industry what it is today um, I definitely learned a lot uh, we're going to go with start again we're going to go on a different slant now we're going to look at a more performance based uh, slant asking a few questions about performance athletic performance in particular um, welcome back Lockie to the podcast thanks for having me on my podcast <laughs> no worries <laughs> that was a weird thing to say um, <laughs> Uh, as I said, performance, um, we're going to look at it through a few different channels. Um, we're going to look down the athletic performance to begin with, and then we'll talk about a few other things moving forward as well. But I'm going to go to football. So obviously football has been a major part of your life, and being part of two semi-professional establishments, um, the Stingrays and obviously VFL at Collingwood, yeah. is there anything have you taken away from these establishments that resonates with you in your day-to-day life? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably the big thing that you learn under all of your coaches and teammates and support staff and all that. It's just hard work pays you back. Um, it's a really simple philosophy, but I think the more work you tip in and the more um, more time you put into something and the, and the more effort you put towards it, the more you're going to get back in return. Um our Pies coach, not last, not this year that's just been, but the last five years uh, or four years, Dale Tapping, um, shout out, Ding. Um, he's, one of the things he said, I don't like his second game as coach, because um, he was assistant coach the first year, was um, hard way, or footy's got a, or hard work's got a funny way of paying you back. It's always with interest. Like, that's just a really simple quote that I'll always remember. Yeah. Um, and that's something, yeah, that you instill in day-to-day life like everything if you want to put in work you'll get get it back it may not be today or tomorrow it may not be in the next six months but you'll get paid back and you'll look back on all the work you did and you went yeah like I achieved something that's probably it yeah 
So being involved in both Stingrays and VFL, obviously when you're on a Stingrays list and at the conclusion of that time, did you have any aspirations of playing high football? Yeah, I did. I, like, growing up as a kid, um, I always wanted to play AFL footy and um, going through juniors, like, I was always one of the better players in the team and playing into league and, and stuff like that every year. And um, under maybe under 15 tryouts at Stingrays, <clears throat> um, I hurt my shoulder in one of the games and didn't end up playing too much and so I didn't make the, make the squad um, and then yeah just played local um, in under 16s under 18s first year of under 18s I started playing seniors uh, a couple of games in YC at YC uh, yep. at the Stonecats so I was at Seaford until under 13s and played European style <clears throat> and then went to Stonecats for the last two years of juniors uh, yeah, um, started playing seniors and kind of got entrenched in senior footy for that year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when Seaford was still a powerhouse, so I, uh, I didn't play, or oh, I think we lost the prelim or something along those lines. How old were you then? 16, 17? 17. Yeah. 17 was my first year, so um, yeah, played that and ended up having not a great eight days. We, we lost the prelim in the seniors and went back and played the 18s grand final and we got beaten as well so oh, but those probably two losses are probably a lot of those 18s players now playing seniors and, and a lot of those senior guys went on to win four, five, six flags so you've talked about that a bit in the season. yeah it's definitely been something that's probably driven. pushed that driven that hunger um, so we then went back to Stingrays yeah and then and then Stingrays that next pre-season so a couple of the guys I went to school with um, were playing sting, Stingrays and playing regular Stingrays and um, that was year 12 I think yep. um, from memory uh, yeah I'm pretty sure it was um, and we played in state footy uh, and won state footy uh, at Frankston High oh, wow. um, played on the G uh, before the game where one of the Richmond players kicked a goal after the siren to beat Melbourne <laughs> all those years ago the one with the little moat oh Jordan McMahon that guy yeah um, right so yeah played, played on the G before that game that was pretty amazing and played with a few Stingrays players so I think a couple of their guys were there and because I played the full year at, senior, at seniors at YC and played pretty well I think that kick resonates with their premiership win somehow I yeah I can't, I can't help them, but feel somewhat responsible I think Jordan McMahon kicking that goal meant that they picked up Dusty oh really pick four rather That's than amazing. having pick one which I, think, <coughs> I think in that draft year was I think it was Tom Scully's year or the year That's, before so That's amazing. I think yeah not having that top pick I think they slid down the order a little bit and got ended, up and got, ended up with Dusty, which turned out to be a bit of a masterstroke in there terms of recruitment, which is pretty amazing. I saw it <laughs> pop up just recently. Which That's amazing. Really yeah, there you go. So there's a bit of a link to that game. Um, yeah, so I played midfield and kicked three goals and hit the, hit the post three times. Same post. Uh, city end at the G, left post, hit three times with the football, which was unfortunate. Um, Still kicked three, though? It's kicked three. Yeah, yeah. should kick six, but... Anyway, um, and yeah, and just through a couple of people asking, and I think playing some good footy that year, I got did a preseason at Stingrays, and um, yeah, performed really well all preseason. I guess I'd always been a runner, so um, at a Stingrays preseason, being able to run helps significantly. It Absolutely, ups your stocks a little bit. <clears throat> um, so yeah, did that and, and played uh, played the first couple of games, and played pretty well, and thought yeah, I got something here and can make a difference and. I think it might have been around three, third game in, towards the end of the game, I landed funny on my wrist. And, um, yeah, super soft, couple of days, got an x-ray, nothing came up. 
um, played the next seven games just every week and just worse and worse and worse and by round 10 I couldn't really grip anything um, yeah. so went and had another x-ray and because of the bone that was broken anyone that's broken their wrist their scaphoid um, it was squished together even though it was broken and then kind of separated so I had to have surgery to get that pinned so the week before I had surgery I got my first first letter from the AFL club so that was a bit frustrating who was that from? Uh, doggies yeah um, and yeah so missed the next <clears throat> missed the next 10 games was aiming to get back for finals and um, I think the prelim we were in the prelim and um, it was also YC were going for their first of six flags so I was training with both and hoping to get a game and Yada Graham Yates our singers coach at the time <coughs> came up to me during the week and he goes if we win this week you'll play next week because I wasn't right to play that week um, I was yeah he played good footy earlier and he just he said if you win, we win this week we'll, we'll play next week and I think the boys just lost a couple of points so that was out and then uh, <coughs> Stonecats was because I played the whole year before trained for a few weeks um, played a couple of games early in the year um, pushing to get back in that grand final in their finals um, and hopefully playing a grand final and then uh, obviously a lot of older players and uh, who'd been there a long, long time and deserved a lot more than me uh, there wasn't a spot for me and then the prelim um, Benny Poole got suspended and uh, Bugsy says to me if Benny doesn't get off you'll play <laughs> this week yeah. uh, for the grand final so um, but fortunately enough for Benny in the club he got off got so off. I didn't end up missed playing again. Um, yeah so missed out again but you know those two disappointments although I wasn't necessarily deserving of play because I haven't played for a while but those two disappointments have definitely helped a, a lot um, a lot to that and then the next year <coughs> did anything come on obviously your draft year yeah, 20, uh, the year with you sent a letter from the Western Bulldogs did anything nah, ever nah, come of that no nah, nothing nothing ever came of it um, I finished up that year and um awesome to see the YC boys win the flag especially after the year we had the year before um, and then yeah started a pre-season stingrays again um, as a third year as a well I missed the first year so I missed my 17 year old year yep. I was playing seniors uh, 18 year old year obviously injured for a big chunk yep. um, and then the next year I, they had I think three 19 year olds yeah, on the list, so, list, yeah. um, Nick Haynes was one of them who's playing some excellent football at the at the Giants so yes. Um, so yeah we did the whole pre-season and um, ended, up, ended up being vice-captain that year which right. was of the Rays which was cool um, who were our captains I think Matty Bunting was captain who's also doing things at GWS the year before we had uh, Lukey Parker who's um, who's kicking goals at Sydney so yeah we had a pretty pretty good couple of years like Tommy Lynch played um, Jake Batchelor and so yeah, we had a t- good it's couple of years. Coming quite a footy factory these days now. A lot of yeah. a lot of people going through that sting- stingray system. Yeah, and shout out to Craig Black, one of my good personal friends. He's now their current coach. He's so. a great man. Yeah, he's um, a very good man. Like he was one of the assistant coaches when I was there. Um, yeah, big big fan. So yeah, did had that full year and <clears throat> I played some more off footy, played some good footy, but yeah, it was never really good enough to get get drafted. Um, was always that hope and yeah. um, had a couple of chats to people but nothing nothing eventually into anything and uh, then yeah end of the year I'd played so Franks and Dolphins and and Stingrays if you play a, you can play 23rd man so I played the one win Frankston had for the year up in Coburg um, I played and kicked two goals and, and had a good day and 
the boys won for the first time in 12, 13 months or something along yeah. those lines. So, yeah, that was a that was a bit of a party in the rooms at Coburg. Um, it was like a premiership celebration, and obviously I hadn't played in any of their losses. So, so I was like, holy shit, this, this, this is pretty cool. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then yeah, straight away from there, they were like, you got to play with us next year, all that kind of stuff. And was had every intention to play there. I think I'd done a big chunk of the preseason at Frankston the year before. Um, yeah. Before, yeah, when they because they were out super early, so they started early. Before Stingrays preseason started, I did a big chunk of that. Um, so I knew a bunch of the boys, and so that was pretty cool. But yeah, and then a couple of weeks after season, I spoke to spoke to Goosey, who was the coach at Frankston at the time, and said, "Yeah, man, I'm keen to come down preseason in a couple of weeks." And then maybe a week later, um, I remember I was sitting at the dentist, and Tark and Lockyer called me. <laughs> wow, yeah. it was one of my favourite players growing up. With uh, you're a Collingwood supporter as well. Certainly, was a Collingwood supporter. Yeah. Um, Definitely uh, one-eyed when I was younger, um, but yeah, Paul Curia, Bucks, and Tarkin Lockyer were my three favourite players. Um, and then yeah, he called me. He's like, "Hey mate, is Tarkin Lockyer here?" And I'm sitting there going, "Bullshit." <laughs> um, and he's like, "I'd love for you to come down for a preseason, um, all that kind of stuff." And like, no promises, but see what happens. And I was just like, "Mate, I'm sold." Like, yeah. So I called Goosey and apologised, and he wasn't very happy, but got to do what you got to do, I think. And you told um, your hero rings yeah that was a pretty surreal moment <clears throat> um, so yeah went down to Collingwood a fish out of water a little bit yep I was lucky one of the boys Chris Doria who played at Frankston that year that I played there for one game um, also went got the call to pies so do you think that was based off that Frankston performance or do you think it was based uh, on your more under 18 performance at the Stingrays <laughs> but, I'm not good I'd have to ask them but I, yeah. I, had, I had a pretty good year at Stingrays um, yeah I guess a lot of as I've kind of learned as a system over the last six years it's um, they'll always look for those guys that were kind of next tier down from getting drafted and um, hopefully I was on that tier or at least in the top five tiers but <laughs> um, yeah so went there did a full pre-season didn't miss a session and um, got offered a, offered a spot on the list wow. um, which I was pretty pretty fortunate and pretty stoked to have like being just in that environment with um, with all the guys I looked up to when I was growing up with Bucks and um, that was the first year of Buckley's coaching so um, Anthony Rocker um, yeah all those guys were awesome um, Craig McCray's been a big one for me in my development and taps and all those kind of things and yeah played the first year missed the first game um, didn't get a gig I was like don't know when I'll be playing this year and then played 17 games in a row yep. um, which was awesome and <clears throat> played a few games on the buyers at YC um, when they won their next flag I played too many games so I had to watch again which was which was tough but because um, we, we had a pretty lean year at Pies we finished like second bottom or um, won a few games and ended up beating Port Melbourne and knocked off their 37 game streak or whatever it was so that was or 26 games I can't remember yeah so that was that was good like we were a young side and pretty undermanned but we um, we had we, a ripper game were you playing with many guys that are still on Collingwood's list at the moment at that time like a lot of younger kids uh, yeah or? yeah, a few of the younger ones I couldn't even tell you who was there in my first year um, all the years have kind of moulded into one but yeah um, yeah all the guys like uh, what was there I think Jamie Elliott started a year or two after that yep um, Darcy Moore played with us for a while yeah how did that, all the young guys how did, as, as probably as you said a little bit of an outsider how did that dynamic work between obviously Collingwood being a standalone kind of VFL side but yep. and obviously 
the main objective of that side is to develop, develop and um, get players playing in a system that are going to be able to perform in the AFL side. How did that dynamic work with you guys as an outsider, not on the AFL list, coming yep. into that system where you have um, guys like um, on the AFL list not getting a game in the first team and having to come back and mould and play as, as a unit? Year one, not well. <laughs> Obviously, as the um, performance. But yeah, performance, but just like the culture between like there was AFL and there was VFL. And like we had a few outspoken VFL players, um, which was awesome because it challenged the status quo and what it was. And yeah. a few guys that kind of spoke up when stuff didn't go the right way. Um, and yeah, it was just, you know, your AFL players, obviously this is generalizing a little bit, but very happy being there um, and very like assured themselves and um, cocky for lack of a better word yep. a bunch of them were especially you tend to find every year the first year guys tend to be because they're and then a year, two or three years later they oh, mature shit, yeah, come in mature a little bit so you kind of find that over the over the journey but um, yeah it wasn't great it was kind of two teams it was but that year because it was the AFL this was pretty um pretty injury free I think if I remember there were only like seven or eight VFL guys playing a week yep um, ended up playing yeah, all year so you get entrenched in the team but it does feel disconnected one of the big things that um, <clears throat> that Taps and Tarks kept pushing after that year was that unity as a team yep. uh, we probably came to the best spot it had been maybe two three years ago um, where they were it just works really, really well. And I think that was having a bunch of AFL guys that have been there for a period of time, having a bunch of AFL guys that have been there for a period of time, but having that support from both coaching groups because they all work together during the week. Um, We weren't seen as outsiders. Like we've had some games where it's been 15, 16 VFL guys and five or six AFL guys. So they're the minority. So yeah, it's been something that's developed, but yeah, it is. It, it was tough, and I think it, in any environment where you get two groups that are there for different reasons, it's, yeah. it's um, yeah, it's interesting, and yeah, it was always very. I was always very fortunate that I was able to, if I wasn't playing at Pies, um, I was able to come back and play at YC with with all the boys and yep. have a fairly successful few years. That is an excellent segue into my next question, Lachlan. <laughs> um, from an outsider's perspective, obviously. Um, Myself being involved at the Summerville Footy Club, go the Mighty Eagles. Um, Frankston YCW was such a successful club, seven premierships in the past eight years. I think if I've done my maths Correct. correctly. So it's, a, it's an amazing achievement for to have that such long run of success in a pretty competitive um, football league. Um, if you go off the interleague results, second best, best league in the state and have consistently been up in that top echelon of, of leagues around Victoria. Um, from an outsider's perspective, the club looks like such a slick operation and just knowing a few people that have played there and obviously getting to know you a bit better and watching a couple of games, um, such a slick operation, what makes it so successful and what or whom is driving that culture and, and a thing I've written down here on my piece of paper, success breeds success kind of thing. So, I'm going to give that answer. Yeah. Um, yeah and I, just, just, it's just such an amazing thing to think about seven premierships in eight years. It's yeah. it's probably unheard of in probably many footy leagues around around Australia or any, yeah. any like it's got local. It's got a record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's probably a couple, it's probably multifaceted that, that answer. I think... Um, from a playing point of view, like you go out with the guys that are, that are there and you play the best footy you can. So we've had 
I definitely remember the, the couple of lean years against when Seaford won three in a row and as I was kind of transitioning into the senior, seniors, um, we've had a lot of disappointment um, yeah. and, you know, everyone that's played sport or done any sort of competitiveness knows that the one thing that fuels you to compete harder is losing and, and that disappointment of losing. So I think our, our key kind of players then weren't, um, weren't super old, so they, they, they've been around. Um, they were able to win a few flags or they were, they were able to lose a few few years and then understand the importance of it burning desire yeah have that burning desire so from a playing point of view I remember one one game um, shout out to Benny Tallis he sat us down after the game <laughs> um, at Mount Eliza and we got we got beaten we yeah we were probably a bit flat that day and he kind of just like what the fuck's the point if we're not like really having a crack he goes I don't want to be grumpy all weekend and all that kind of stuff like I remember that, that speech he did and I don't know that kind of I don't know if that was the year we won or not I can't remember exactly yeah. when the game was but Too many. I, I think that was kind of the, I don't know if that was the first year or not it might yeah. have been the year before but that kind of that's always resonated with me I've always remembered that um, as kind of like a you know that's the seed that was planted or that was one of the things and yeah from a player point of view it's just that ability to keep players but develop juniors um, you know like there were, I think four of the guys have been playing the last couple of years have been from my year in juniors and I think most years usually there's two we've just had a really good bunch of juniors come through but really good leadership on field um, with all the senior guys um, who have stayed there and maintained there but you know, I think one of the bigger things as well as winning flags is to develop 10-15 VFL players yeah um, rather than everyone everyone from other clubs will say that we get VFL players in but all of our VFL players are what's in juniors system. Um, I think we had 16 or 17 of our grand final side this year at YC Juniors so it's just yeah I think if you look after anything and, and, and kind of fuel it from the bottom it, it looks after you down the track but off field leadership in terms of coaches and committee and, and presidents and all that kind of stuff has been, been immense and yeah that it's probably a pretty tough juggling act to keep keep putting everyone on the field every, every week uh, and we do do a lot of things really well like like so Andy Schneider doing the fitness stuff and, and things like that. It also yeah. wouldn't be easy too to probably balance your side because you probably wouldn't know to the Friday, maybe even the Saturday oh, yeah. morning to know what your final 22 yeah. is going to be exactly. as well. And I've been with on so that, many VFL yeah, I've been on that, like, being that guy for a lot of lot of weeks where I don't know if I'm playing at VFL or, or um, local on the Friday or on the Saturday morning like on, on occasions. So, you're on the, yeah. You're on the button in terms of you're in or you're out. Exactly, exactly. So especially like my last couple of years at Pies, it's been a bit like that. So, yeah. Um, I think last year I missed the YC Grand Final because I caught up to the prelim on the Friday. Yep. Um, so, yeah. That was, that was, and we got battles in the prelim. So still salty about that. But it's one of those, yeah, it's the depth and the culture of players is really important. and they understand that process obviously because obviously yeah. if you're out if you're saying you don't know if you're playing and then you come in at the last minute that means yeah. someone has to go down and then miss out again yeah. as well second year I was always I was probably a little naive when I come back and now or third, fourth, fifth, sixth year you kind of go well I'm disappointed for missing VFL but I love playing YC with my mates. Yeah. Someone has to go out of the one side back yeah. into the twos. One of the twos boys misses out. So you kind of take it for granted. Yeah. You, you stop taking it for granted. You understand how important it is and how that, you know, for you to play, someone's got to miss out. Um, and I think that's really humbling and really important to, to understand 
Um, so yeah, that that was something that was tough and that we've been able to deal with really well. And I think it's just from leadership. Um, we spoke about leadership in the in the first half of this podcast, but I think yeah, your ability to adapt and ability to to manoeuvre when things don't go right is why we've probably been so successful. And the um, system's probably generated a lot of leaders. You look at, you mentioned Kev before, he's yeah. probably got a similar story to you. He's come up through his juniors there yeah. and then is obviously now premiership captain as well, yeah, as definitely, well kind definitely. of thing. So yeah, so that whole success breeds success kind of mentality is, yeah. is there in action. But but from a, like, if you're not successful and you want to be successful, then it just starts from hard work. Like I said before, like, you look at all the, how hard the guys work over pre-season and, and in-season and at training and just rocking up day after day or night after night of training. Um, yeah, and we've got those disappointments. Part of me behind us, like the middle year when after we won three in a row, we lost the lost the prelim in extra time. Um, like I played that game and it was just, yeah, it was one of the most disappointing kind of moments um, and you see the devastation on the boys' faces after we'd already won three. So yeah, yeah, and we've been lucky enough to um, like as players have retired, um, juniors come up and keep filling those holes, and we've been able to recruit um, one or two most years that have filled us filled a role and, and played really good footy. So yeah, I think the it just come the hunger comes from probably the losses for me um, yeah. and wanting to compete. Um, I'm sure everyone's probably a little bit different. Um, but once you just get a taste of winning a flag, man, it's the best feeling in the world. Like, yeah, just that. Oh, I've been lucky enough. I played in. I played in four of the seven. Um, yeah. Over qualified twice and played the prelim last year. Um, at at VFL and I think the when you know you've won the game, that lasts like two minutes or three minutes or four minutes. It's just amazing. Just yeah, it's why you play footy. Um, yeah, I think too. I was lucky enough to watch that that last premiership win against Bond Beach and. You could see how much it meant to the guys out on field. And yeah. one thing that really caught my eye was the fact it was the last 10, 15 minutes was virtually party time, going crazy. And a lot of the boys were waiting on the at the interchange gate to get on. Yeah. And no one wanted to really come off, but you did the team thing and just rolled off at one point and gave someone else the opportunity to be on the field when, when the siren went. So no one else seemed to want to be coming <laughs> off. They were all lining up trying to get back on. So yeah, I, uh, uh, credit credit to you for allowing that to happen to someone as well. Yeah, I actually had that thought. I'm like, do I stay on? I'm like, no, I've got to go. I've got to go. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah, having that, I guess, hunger to win, like something I noticed five minutes ago on the ground, finally you got guys like diving in and crashing packs and, and doing the things that they do in the first minute and the last minute. And I think that's what exemplifies us as a club is like we're never we're never done um, and I'm yeah I'm really excited to kind of go back full time yeah and that, that's going to be one of my questions and make an impact and as well change a few of the or change or improve a few of the kind of off field things that um, in terms of preparation that a bit of cross uh, yeah, promotion through Virtus as well yeah, hopefully yeah just, just kind of take what we do at work and push it into another one of our passions which is footy so um, and obviously you'd be excited with the, the restructure in terms of leagues having yeah. a bit more of a new challenge with the bigger teams from the European <coughs> coming across, so yeah, I think it's I think it's important to um, to make changes when it needs to be made, and I think you know the, the league is definitely in a better spot than it was maybe last year. We did, like we would have hundred point wins every couple of weeks, yeah, um, and this year was a lot closer. Like uh, I think we only lost two games, but I don't think we had a the gap's closing. We didn't have any wins over ten goals. Um, except for the grand final, but <clears throat> that was, yeah, having, now that we've got, what, three teams coming up from Nepean and um, three teams going down for us, it, it creates that, 
you're always kind of in the game, whether it's to avoid relegation or yeah, not. I'd move up. A so. lot of people are a little bit negative towards the whole kind of shift that they're doing, but I think it's really yeah. positive oh, for man. football. And and I think all particularly guys, with the reintroduction of the Casey Cardinia guys as well, I think that's going to be really good. And I think travel 45 minutes, it's, it's not a big deal. I think Everyone, we're blessed yeah. in terms players, of our geographical yeah. location. All the players that want to compete are just like, shit, yeah, bring, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited Next to play against it. Um, if they're better teams then we've got some work to do if they're not better teams then it's going to feel good to I think Sereno versus YC is going to be a big game and yeah, the league would be stupid not to have it on a Friday night or a Sunday and just promote the heck out of it and see how it goes I might miss it I'll be in South America for oh. two, two or three rounds next year oh really we'll, um, we'll work on it yeah um Moving away from that a little bit, and we'll, we'll get back to that again, physical activity. I think yeah. this is a big question for me because I, I, I thought about this as I wrote this down. Sport physical activity is a major outlet for a vast percentage of the population. Could you imagine a society without these? And, no. and what um, what would we all do if it didn't like... Well, I think part of the, part of society doesn't use utilise yeah. the, um, like the benefits of physical activity and of movement. Um, it's something that we promote every day so we're in the industry so we see people moving and people lifting and people running and people jumping and people swimming and doing all these different things all these different sports and all this all this way of improving their their health and well-being through movement um, but then you, you meet people that just don't do anything do you exercise? nah like I get annoyed at you guys if you don't roll five minutes a day like or if you don't do your motives or do your stretches and you come in, come in sore, I'm like, well, you know what to do to fix it. Um, and I think movement in terms of health and well-being is probably lost a lot on a lot of people because we're in those sedentary lifestyles. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, smashing yourself in an hour workout. Like, it can just be going for a walk but um, or going for a swim or finding something something you enjoy but I think well that enjoyment part of it is incredibly important if people can understand the benefits is probably one so that education side of things is really really important and then finding things that they actually enjoy doing yeah. and finding um, activities that they want to do because yeah I'm a big advocate that if you want to do things if you want to exercise or whatever it is if you don't enjoy it you're not going to keep doing it um, so yeah that's I really guess important. yeah looking through a, through a different lens I, my mood, mood can considerably change when I'm watching sport particularly if I'm watching the Saints and yep. my partner Jess or girlfriend Jess can, is a test to that my mood can um, shout out to Jess I hope she's <laughs> listening she might be the third listener that might listen into this one um, but my mood can change and my feelings can change if if the Saints will win and lose um, yep. I say that barracking for the Saints is like being on a roller coaster you never know where you're going to end up but hopefully <laughs> one day we'll get success <laughs> just like Richmond and Western Bulldogs have done in the yeah. past couple of years. But a, a prime example of that for me is this year when the Saints were playing over in Adelaide and I rushed home to watch the last quarter. And Saints did brilliantly well, come back, and got two goals in front with about five minutes to go, and my mood was up in the bow. I thought, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a great night. I think Jess and I had to go out later. Then all of a sudden, Port Adelaide kicked two goals in two minutes. And crazy game. Crazy game, and... I, I, uh, I got very disappointed and <laughs> very upset and I don't think we, I ended up going out that night because I didn't think I'd be much fun so it's amazing what 
Yeah. Where for that percentage of the population that have such a strong connection to sport, yeah, it's amazing what that can, what sport can have that power over you and what it can make you feel in terms of emotion as yeah, well. Hundred percent, and it makes you want to do things like that, yeah. that positive feeling of sport. You're like, I want to feel that, and you you chase it and find your own ways, and like you've been able to. I guess compete, albeit against yourself and and other people in your Ironmans and your marathons yeah. and things like that. It's it allows you to I guess find ways of exploring that. Um, and yeah, it's only you know no one ever watches their team win and he's upset. Yeah. No, one, no one ever goes and does a session and he's upset. Like everyone finds thing like finds that enjoyment out of it. Uh, I just wish more people would want would want to or be able to to have that feeling and have that response absolutely it's uh it's sport is such an amazing vehicle for a lot of things and can use it for a lot of metaphors and stuff throughout my life and i don't i'm a sports tragic and we've had conversations but oh, we yeah. could talk on hours about certain events and stuff like that so pro sport all the way kind of thing definitely um i've got a number of different views that i won't share today but um we'll get to them at some point uh, this question come from a man you mentioned previously, and obviously um, Andrew Schneider, and you just previously mentioned that great obviously man. you're a great man, yeah, um, <laughs> does a lot of work, fitness at YCW, is the runner, I think he's a seven-time premiership runner, which is some kind of title as well. Um, which <laughs> is being replaced by you next no, year. No, I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have the uh, the skills to be able to do that. Um, he raised an interesting question, and it's something that comes up a lot in the triathlon kind of world as well, particularly in the Ironman world. Yep. Um, it, it's called post-Ironman blues in terms of this, but I did a bit of research before the question and, and Schneid po- uh, posted it quite well. Um, having just won the premiership with the Stonecats, uh, what are your thoughts on avoiding, you know, I looked up the actual official title, post-project depression. So um, I know I suffered a lot from this when I completed my first Ironman. I really struggled with them. Like physically, I was fine to go in the week, but... Um, psychologically or mentally the next three months were a real battle for me I was up and down and just yeah it was a really really thing and this could be not just sport related this could yeah, be related, related to your whole life like you might have got a new job promotion or something's happened in your life kind of when thing when you want something for so long and you get it and you're like now what what the fuck do I do now kind <laughs> yeah. of thing I think it's a big thing it's a good question um, I think I think it's kind of reevaluating what you want but more so reevaluating what you want, reevaluating re- why you want it. Yeah. Um, like for for us now that we've won so many flags, like we use that as a yeah. Do we want to win another one? Like I'm just like fuck yeah. Like oh, like that's that's enough, that's enough for me. Um, but some of the older guys might go well. I've won a bunch, but we've got these younger guys coming through next year that haven't won one. I want them to feel what I feel. Yeah. Um, so it's finding yeah, it's finding the reason to do something and. And being able to say, well, no, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Like I always, a couple of years ago, I'd be like, I can't believe the guys retired from footy. Like it doesn't make sense to me. But now, like I get it. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of guys who I'm hoping they do one more year, but might retire at the end of this year or might retire now. Um, I think they've decided they're going to be done. And yeah, they're really, it's been really amazing to see what they've been able to achieve. Um, so I think it's just, yeah. And I get the same thing with work. I kind of get a bit of both I get post post project um, depression when I tick the boxes that I've been trying so hard for so long yeah. to, to tick but at the t- same time I get like like pre project anxiety I'm like I've got so much shit I want to do like yeah. what do I do next so yeah I think it's just a matter of like, really simply reevaluating what you want and why you want it and, yeah. and that's it 
it, and then you kind of just go from there and replan it out and yeah the um, most simplest answer I, quite, I did a bit of research when I was probably trying to go through this depression kind of thing yeah. the most simple answer a lot of the research tells you is just to just sign up for another Ironman yeah. and that's, that's, that's essentially something another challenge and goal because I think everyone in society these days everyone seems to be goal or challenge driven that, that you need to be something out there chasing something all the time and if you're not that's totally fine too but yeah. I think for a lot of people having that objective clear and set out and a plan that makes them feel a lot better and if you are going to sit there and just chill out for a while just enjoy it and, and actually be present in that well I'm going to have three weeks yeah. um, where I'm not going to train for anything I'm just going to train when I want to train exactly. enjoy it and you, you'll you know you'll chase the things you want to do and you'll you'll avoid the things you don't yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, resilience and mindfulness are becoming terms used more and more in society's vernacular. Um, Ooh, great use of the word vernacular. Thank you. Um, I researched that one as well. <laughs> nah, nah. Teacher. Everyone's a teacher of literacy, Lachlan. <laughs> not just I'm just a, not just a math teacher and a physical education teacher. Good. Um, having dealt with a number of injuries over the past two years and probably through your journey as a footballer. What is the best piece of advice you can give for overcoming adversity such as an injury? And this question came from your sister, Sarah, yeah. I think. And shout out to Sarah. She's, uh, she's had a very rough trot with injuries and things not being diagnosed and not having a clear path to fix it. So it's one of the, yeah, it's kind of, you got to look at it two ways, three ways. It's mostly mental, like it's, and like I'm not saying things don't exist or anything like that, but for me, I've had a bunch of injuries. My re- most recent one dislocated a shoulder with two games to go in the footy season, uh, which, you know, proper dislocation, uh, was out for five minutes. You know, good chance that I wouldn't be playing footy again in the year. Uh, and Schneider's actually came up to me after the game and said, you know, AFL players um, would probably play finals with an injury like that. And I just, like, in my head, it hadn't even occurred to me that I wouldn't be playing finals. I'm like, mate, I'll be back first final. Like, I said that to him then and there, and... Like, I, I truly believe that I would have been back first final and managed to get back, um, played, we won, had a week off, and then and played in the granny. So um, I think from a, that positive self-talk and that reiteration of I can get back there um, is really, really important. Like, it sounds cliche and it sounds obvious, but just tell yourself you're getting back and you'll get back. Your body works it out. I think we're so, like, from a physiology point of view and, and from a understanding how the brain works point of view we're, we're so far off understanding what the power we actually have in terms of healing and in terms of getting um allowing things to happen so yeah i think that just tell yourself you're gonna get back and you'll get back you'll figure out a way to do it don't yeah. be unrealistic so like it's not like i would have played the next week but no having yeah. a plan and trying to stick yeah. to it yeah and being patient exactly and, and surrounding yourself with the right people so like my f- two physios Benny and Greg and, and, and all the um, all the trainers and Ash massaging and and all the guys I trained with and footy boys like getting me back there was that it wasn't me it was a team and, and all that kind of stuff but that mental fortitude to be able to go well this sucks but here's what I'm going to do is really important um, I think the let's lost my train of thought um, get back to injury Oh, I think that and utilizing that period of time that you're going to have out or that you're going to be injured for and, and chasing other things. Yeah. Um, so it's not just, oh, I just got to get back to footy and fix my shoulder. Well, what else needs work? Well, my conditioning needs a bit of work. I'm going to have four weeks off. Cool. I'm going to spend a bit of time on the bike. Um, yeah. And finding opportunity 
in that disappointment is really, really important. So if mindfulness. You, yeah, be mindful and, and understanding and, and perspective's a big one as well. Um, yeah. Like in everything in life, perspective's immense. Um, like I was having a real shitty day yesterday in terms of like bills and they're all piling up and I was like, far out, like they just keep coming in. And then you hear about the, um, the shooting in Las Vegas and you yeah. just like, takes three seconds to go, ah, she's not that bad. Like, yeah, with, with all the other crazy things happening in the world. So I think, yeah, perspective's a big one as well. Um, yeah. Like, well, I think, yeah, it's a big one. Like, being involved in footy, you get really disappointed for that 10 minutes after the game. And yeah. one of my um, good mates said after the one game when the boys lost by a couple of points or something, yeah. it was a real close game. And he's like, geez, in the long run, yeah, we lost, we made some mistakes, but hey, we're lucky to be where we are. Yeah. At least we're not living in India in the slums or something like yeah. that too. And I think yeah. resonating that and understanding that as a person gives you a bit of perspective of what's happening in the world. And I, I try and instill that into the kids I teach kind of thing too. I said, you don't know really how lucky you are to be living in Australia, access oh, to clean running water yeah. and all this kind of business. Yeah. We, we just and take that for granted. It's like, a simple thing, but just that um, that gratitude and that perspective, mate, is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy important. I had another answer, but I just keep talking. <laughs> no worries. Um, <laughs> I guess this probably goes along with the questions from Beck, your other sister as well, which seem to pair up well together. Um, what they kind are of twins. yeah? <laughs> what kind of mental messages or cues do you use and repeat to yourself to get through tougher days and keep perspective? Those like those two words, just gratitude and and uh, and perspective. I think when you when you realise how lucky you are and how um, how good things actually are, then all the little things like that pale in significance. Like um, although something. Like something might not, well, might be front of mind at one period of time, but it's not going to be front of mind in an hour or two or three or four hours time. So, yeah, I think if we're, you know, if you're able to look at the sky and smile and enjoy the sun on your face, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of people a lot worse off than us, and on the same, yeah, on the same note, it's um, yeah, it's really easy to to fall out of that and to to not have that um, presence of mind to be able to breathe and and enjoy everything but um yeah like we're all pretty fortunate regardless of all the other crap that goes on because yeah like like i spoke about in tommy's podcast yeah. you mentioned in in part one of this one it's you can't you can't be happy without feeling sad and you can't feel yeah you've got to be able to to understand those spectrum of emotions but one of the big things that i try and tell myself and try and tell more my clients is feel how you feel you need to feel if that makes sense it's just too many of us try and restrict feelings. Um, so the marathon thing you think? No, nah, it's not just a male. Oh, it's it's probably more. Yeah. So male thing. Um, but like, I, I definitely don't think. And we, like, I spoke to this about this at length with the Are You Okay podcast with Tommy. But I don't think you have to talk if you don't want to talk. But yeah. just let yourself. If you're shitty, be shitty. Like, if you're upset, yeah. be upset. Um, if you're frustrated, and do what be you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you, you, I think a big one, and if you, and I think Tommy was talking about this, like um, the difference between um, being sad and then for a reason or something. I can't remember the exact words he said, but use yeah. your resources available yeah. to you, or use your outlets. Yeah, okay? use your outlets. Talk. Going for a walk or talking to someone, do what you have to do. Yeah, and control the controllables is a big one for me. Like, there's things I can control, and there's things I can't. Um, 
we can we can control ourselves and what we do and how we react to things um and like that's probably another one for the injury injury one as well like you we can control certain things but there's certain things you can't control so if you can't control it accept it be aware of it find things around it you can control but then just like carry on um just yeah i think katie summed it up pretty well in her podcast too the body is a pretty amazing thing when you have your mind connected to your body and you're able to uh, push yourself through certain um, definitely tough periods and then being able to overcome that I think it's pretty amazing what the body can actually yeah. do when, yeah, it, when it wants to look at the guys that have done you know three four five knee injuries and, and come back and play footy like it's, it's amazing isn't it yeah there's definitely definitely some uh, some things to learn from those guys um, I guess this is more of an individual question it comes from the great man TK Olden <laughs> what a man what a man I haven't seen him on holidays so I don't know what he's doing um what are your uh, sporting or performance goals now after retiring from the VFL? That's a good question. Um, yeah, as a watched-up VFL player, I've kind of got to take a little bit of time to reassess, I think. Yeah. Um, I was, at the start of the year, or during the year, um, I was talking to you about it, I was thinking about doing a couple of tries. Yep. Um, I'll probably still jump on a bike and wing one, but <laughs> I, um, I would like to train for them at some point properly. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I want to. I want to go back, play good local footy, make an impact to the team, and and take the things I've learned of VFL and the leadership and things like that back to local and and really make an impact there properly. Um, you know, you kind of find coming back and forth. Not just from the outside, kind of. Yeah, you got to bite your tongue a little bit, and because obviously the way both teams do things are different. So now now I've got one team, and um, yeah, implement a lot of the stuff we do at work down there, and. Um, yeah, sporting goals. Yeah, I just want to play good footy. I want to play a full year of footy next year. Yeah. Um, uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. Um, league medal, best on grand final. Another grand final will be good. Yeah, no, no, a I dusty. A dusty. I want to do a dusty Full dusty. Year. Yeah, I, I just I want to be able to just enjoy playing footy. Yeah. Um, which is a simple one, and but I want to enjoy playing footy, and you have much more enjoyment when you win. So that's absolutely, win lots of footy. It's next that year. competitive nature coming. Oh yeah, back out of you. Yeah, I want to win the Vertisport World Championships at our Christmas party this year. Um, that's probably big on my list. If Katie Dean listen is listening, she's uh, somehow managed to sneak a win two years ago, and Tommy Curtis won last year. So I'm coming for you. That's it, Vertisport all the way. It's <laughs> very good. We're gonna change. Uh, change gears again or change keel um, before we go to wrap this baby up this two part monstrosity that it is um, I guess now I'm going to talk about something that's uh, a little bit different okay so Virtus and your good self are pretty new to my life about 15 months into this kind of relationship that we have and, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that and a um, shout out to Tommy um, for uh, pointing me in the direction after a couple of my Ironmans to get back moving again. I, I, from my perspective, your family and friends and KP as well mean a great deal to you. Oh, yeah. So this question that I want to ask is, whom and what is your biggest in- inspiration and why? That's a big question. Yeah. Um, I think... Like, I could probably go back a step and talk about the, the statement I probably just made first. And that yeah, might friends, like friends and family are everything, I guess. Um the whole kind of like I've said it a bunch of times the work life balancing like um, like I want to be f- like obviously you've got to be a leader and you've got to have that that kind of boss hat on sometimes but I'm, I'm friends with all of my staff I'm friends with all of my clients um, yeah they're all people I care deeply about KP my family um, yeah they're all they're the reason I am what I am yeah. um, and I think that for that 
reason, they're my inspiration. The people that I spend time with, the people that I surround myself with, they're, they're my inspiration because, yeah, I am who I am because of them. That rhymes, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, mum, mum and dad especially, like, like there was a lot of no you can't have that since things like that when you when I was growing up but all, that was all for a reason yeah, absolutely um, I've never really wanted for anything um, I've always been they've always been supportive and, and, and given me what I want um, made me work for it but taught me all the life lessons that have helped me get to this point so yeah mum and dad are the, are the big two I think I've found from my personal perspective through your 20s and you're only halfway through that I've come out the other end which is something I need to get a grip on from yeah. time to time. But I think through your twenties, you kind of realise the fact you still you're spending a lot of time with your friends, but yeah. then you uh, you get a point to your life where you get an understanding of heck what your parents have actually done to support oh, yeah. you throughout it's your insane, life, and you yeah. tend to come back. And not that it's a bad thing. You probably your, your group of friends or your circle of friends tends to shrink a little bit because you just don't have the time, and then you realise you want to spend more time with your parents as yeah. well, kind of thing yeah. as well. Just it just kind of comes again full circle because you go from a teenager like 12, 13, 14 spending a lot of time with your parents and you get a little bit of independence. You don't want to see see them, okay? Yeah. And then through your 20s, you start to get a bit of an understanding or appreciation of the yeah, world. 100%. And it comes back again full circle where you want to be spending time with your parents. And unfortunately, your circle of friends can shrink from yeah. time to time because you that's, just, that's, that's, you just that's don't have enough. a bad thing. Like, no, absolutely. You, you, you double down on those relationships you do have with the really close friends. Um, and yeah, you miss the friends that you don't see speak to all the time. But um, yeah, they're like you'll still be able to have a good conversation with them. It's just you double down on the relationship you've got. I think. And, and it's a bit of a selfish question. I asked myself this on the walk back from the train station on Saturday night with Jess, and I, I was discussing it with a. I don't know if it's selfish for me to think, but is is it in my, in my point in my life? I want to. Spe- I, <laughs> it is a little bit selfish to think about. Is. I want to be spending time with people that I've already fostered friendships with yeah, rather than trying to create new ones, which is time consuming. And it's a bit of a selfish look at it, but I think I get more joy or more positive experiences of in the term that you like to use. I like filling my own bucket a little bit for spending with your friends, friends yeah. rather than having to put myself out there and meet new people and those kind of things. Yeah, I think all the new people will come into your life as, I guess, necessary or as as things change yeah so I don't, yeah I think I don't think I think it's selfish to a point but there's nothing wrong with being selfish like that filling the bucket thing um, but if yeah if mum and dad are listening you're right I'm sorry <laughs> about most things I hope they don't listen purely for that um, yeah. all, the, all the things you get annoyed at your parents about yeah oh they're all they're right they're so right it sucks yeah. Um, but yeah it, like yeah there are uh, mum and dad have fostered an amazing environment um, for me and the girls to grow up in and like, our family we fight at times like everyone does but I couldn't imagine a more supportive and better environment that so actually is another excellent it. segue into the next question <laughs> sorry I read all your questions last night no, no that's alright um, <laughs> uh, both you and I have a, a similar environment that we grew up with we've both got three younger sisters which is yeah. pretty unique very um, uh, what are some aspects you have taken away from living in this environment uh, if you, <laughs> uh, that's, that's toughy. Yeah. What are some aspects? Um, the three younger sisters yeah. is not the most common household to have. Try, try and win, you won't. Um, I managed to get a couple of them on side occasionally, well, one of them on side occasionally, so it, was, so it evened it up a bit. But <laughs> look, you're not going to win. They're always going to win. Um, <laughs> I think 
Yeah, and like, I definitely appreciate them now a lot more than I did growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like last, yeah, well, like, we're all really close now and I uh, love spending time with them and love seeing them and it definitely doesn't happen enough, but like you said, as we get older, we run out of time for everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's just the appreciation for them has definitely grown in the last six, seven years, um, or especially since I moved out because you don't spend that time with them and and you realize that, yeah, they're growing into adults as well and you want to support them and help them and, and do all the things you can do to help them move forward. So... It's, yeah, it's, it's a challenging environment at times, and I'm sure more so for mum and dad. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's just, and learning that, like three girls, but they're all completely different people, and they're all amazing in their own right, so um, yeah, they're all, they're all my favourite. As they kept arguing in the post last night. It actually comes up. <laughs> I'm going to get a definitive answer on that, yeah. that question. It, it, and it, I think it's, Can't quantify it though. Yeah, I don't think you, I'll ever understand how the female mind works, but it's probably helped. To yeah, I, I totally say that. Like I, being a part of that household and um, just understanding a little bit how the female mind works. Yeah, is chaos. Really, really good. <laughs> chaos, yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, I think it's helped me helped me in good stead. And I think from that, I've got a lot of good friends that are, are female or girls. And I think being in the household that I was, Definitely. just being able to foster me, have those relationships with those with those people in my life as well. Yeah, spot on. Um, next question is, uh, being such a good friend slash mentor can be draining at times. Oh, yeah. You talk about filling others' buckets. How do you fill your own? That's a good question. I um, sometimes... Spending time with friends, I fill my own bucket. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it'll be a Saturday night and I'll be cooked and, and Reese will go, hey, come around to our place and there'll be 15 people there. Like, and like that, things like that kind of get me up and about. Yeah. Um, working, as funny as it sounds, like I love just diving into something and just working on it. Um, yes, yeah, trying to spend time with KP. Um, we obviously, we both live fairly busy lives, so just trying to fit that in. Um, and just yeah just zoning out like I suck at being on my phone like I'm on my phone too much but that half an hour of just like mindless scrolling or or just listening to a podcast or an audio book or something like that while you're doing something like those they're the things that help me kind of get back and up, up and about um, and I think one of the big things is the moment like getting, gathering momentum for, for me is, is filling my bucket like if I'm working hard and getting up early and, and, and getting to bed at a decent time and having a good sleep, I want to work harder the next day and I want to work harder the next day. So I feel energized. And trying better. Yeah, and I feel energised and I feel like I'm, I'm moving forward. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of improvement to be had in that, yeah. in that aspect. And, and being aware of it, it's a big one. Um, surrounding myself with people that will force me to <laughs> work less or work differently and, and things like that. It's really important. But yeah, feeling your bucket is a tough one because it's, as a yeah, as a I guess a mentor or and, and spending time with my mentors is a big one as well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I've been pretty lucky with the people that I've been able to find to help me out in a lot of different areas. Um, spending time with them and spending time with friends, but also allowing yourself to be alone. I think it's really important. Yeah, I'm a big one for that. Like, there's nothing more than nothing more that I love than just having a bit of downtime on yeah. your couch at home and allowing yourself to do just it. allowing that time. So. Hey, I'm going to watch some junk TV on the television for yeah. the next 45 minutes. So I think it's yeah. really, really important. Yeah. And you're not, not telling yourself that you have to be working. Because yeah. I, think, I think if we, like, I, and I fall into this trap sometimes, I tell myself I have to be working 
and then I don't relax during my relaxation time. And then when I'm working, I tell myself I need to relax and yeah. don't really get my work done. Which so is I feel, yeah, I think just being aware of where you're at in the mindset and being present is really important to fill in your bucket. Um, and there's nothing wrong with asking one of your friends to help fill your bucket too. Yeah. And the last question before we go into the final fun round is, <laughs> we've got 12 questions for you. Um, I struggle with this a lot is when do you, when do you say or how do you say no from time to time? I got obviously yes. growing up in this kind of generation where FOMO or fear of missing out is a lot and yeah. I, I, like yourself, I take great joy in being able to help people and Tommy spoke about this on the podcast as well, being yep. he wants to be remembered for helping people achieve what they want to achieve but yep. I think in today's society more than ever, saying no can seem you make you look bad in terms of yeah. in the in the moment but when you yeah. strip that back and you look at it for your reasons it's probably makes you doing the right thing as well yeah I think it's a tough it's tough and I'm, like, I'm definitely someone that um, especially like I'm getting better at it but used to get annoyed when people don't do things you want to do but from that aspect of looking at other people why they don't do things it's like well people will do what they want to do what they feel as they need to do what they feel as that's right so you just got to accept that yeah um, like if someone doesn't want to do something you expect them to do that's fine you've just got to accept that they're going to do what they want to do and move on um, but for me like I don't like being I don't like going clubbing or anything like that so that aspect of FOMO doesn't really apply to me I don't think um, if someone asks me to do something I'll usually say yes and figure out how to make it work. Make it work. Um, yeah. I like, yeah, I like being there for people, and I like helping people, and I like, yeah, doing those things. Um, you know, it goes the, back to filling your bucket, yeah, and filling other exactly, buckets at the same it's time. It's the same thing. It's it's kind of hard because like you know, Reese will ask me over, like I said before, over 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 for dinner, and then Cam will say, "Hey, come play FIFA," and then KP will say, "Hey, what are we doing tonight?" And just like. I need three of me. Like, I want to do all these yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard to prioritise as well. Yeah, and it, yeah, prioritising is a toughie. Um, it's something I need to be better at. Try and make it all work. Yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, I just say... Like, oh, yeah. Uh, like, it's just, like, it's really hard to say no. Yeah. Like, how, how, do I, you, how do I say no? How do you say I no? Think, I don't do think I do very well. Yeah. I think it's something I need to get better at. Um, but, yeah. And, like, as someone that tries to delegate and, and tries to do too much, I think it's... It's just a matter of being able to let go and being able to go, well, no, nah, this is more important. Recharging is more important or spending this time with this friend is more important than this friend because of this. And yeah, if you can, if it's just, if you can justify it to yourself, then you'll be fine. And I think at the age you are, 25, you're probably caught in the middle of two different very uh, narratives that you're probably dealing with. Yeah. A lot of the friends that you went to school with, A, are probably still going out on that Friday, Saturday night cycle yeah. and having a good time. Or B, they're probably starting to slow down a little bit some of them might have families they're in relationships where it's not that hard so yeah. it is finding that what we say is that balance as well yeah and accepting that yeah people want to do what they want to do and you've just got to do the same yeah um, and unfortunately you can't be there for everyone all the time yeah I like like I like to think I make my decisions because I want to make them um, I'm sure I don't think that many things I do are because of what other people want yeah which sounds selfish but usually the decisions I make are for, <laughs> for other people so I find myself too, like, I could be 
dealing with an internal crisis, but if someone asked me for their help, I would drop that internal crisis <laughs> straight away and go help them. Which is probably not a terrible thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I just seem to think, if I invested as much time as I did in my friends or other people... In yourself. In myself, I would be a much more... <laughs> a much more a better person I think but yeah. until I reach that point in time then I guess it's always it's always going to be that constant but battle within your mind that's the exciting thing about like everything it's it's not the well when I get there I'll be fine it's the let's just enjoy everything that yeah. happens and all the progress on the way and I think when you remind yourself of that you'll be fine um alright we've reached that point in the podcast which I've taken from you <laughs> the last question the last questions I've actually I thought it was only five but then I listened to some old podcasts and I oh. come up with twelve oh, Jesus. really good ones and I think I've, I've got a thirteenth in me as well oh. that we haven't we haven't spoken about so you can answer these as succinctly as you want um, obviously we're in a second part of the podcast so we've got a bit more flexibility in terms of have you guys answering these? And oh, I've stolen a few of these um, from your previous podcast, which I think are really some hard questions. Some of them I've heard of. Yeah, I've some of them I haven't. Yeah, um, but we'll whip through them pretty quick. What is your uh, first question? What is your greatest achievement? KP. Yep. Yeah. She's uh, she's an 11 out of 10, and I'm a solid four. Yep. Uh, if the sun's out, I'm maybe a four and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably, probably my answer without sounding being facetious um yeah she's someone that's been there for a big chunk of my life like we've been together for almost nine years and um someone that two thirds of your life if you break yeah, down like that it's a, yeah. a long time yeah someone that's um sorry two fifths trying to two thirds tries to help me be better and um makes me look a little bit more straight ahead and be a little bit more present um full yin yang kind of stuff yeah exactly I'm a little bit more I guess go 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 and achieve 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 and she's a little bit more um kind of sit back and enjoy and all those kind of things like she's still achieving amazing things teaching and all those kind of stuff but yeah just being able to have that kind of partner to deal with everything with and yeah and and enjoy the good things and um get frustrated at the bad things and just attack it together um yeah it's super cool uh, but yeah it's creating an environment is probably the second one just creating Virtus and yeah, a place that and like obviously haven't done it myself but um, there's been a lot of people that's helped on along the way but yeah having that environment where I can say like this is mine this is mine or I've done this or I've, I've been a part this. of this yeah where other people get inspiration from it um, yeah that makes me super happy alright um, AFL Premiership or Olympic Gold Medal AFL Premiership why I thought you would have gone the other way did you yeah I think the reason why I stopped doing athletics and started playing football or focusing more on football was because of the team aspect. Um, yeah, the, the 21 best hugs you'll ever have are the 21 hugs you have or 23 or 4 after coaches and stuff or the ones you have after grand final. Like, if you, if you haven't won one or haven't played in one or haven't watched one, watch all the players at the end and how happy they are when they hug everyone. Like, yeah. it's one of my favourite like, favorite things. I've been lucky enough to experience it multiple times um, we were able to share a little bit of embrace after your recent we had a good hug yeah and yeah. like that's the thing like everyone just hugs and it's <laughs> it's a simple thing um, I remember I was lucky enough to win an under 18s premiership yeah. after a year off from Woody and I remember the moment when the siren went and yeah. I got to hug my best friend Kerner and we just stood there and feeling? hugged yeah. and I, I still remember it now shout out to Kerner yeah. if you're listening it's just, it's just sharing sharing a moment and 
And, um, and obviously, AF, uh, sorry, gold medals, there's a whole support network of people that get you there. Like, it's never the one athlete, but yeah, I don't know. Just something about hugging, hugging guys on a footy field that gets me up and about, <laughs> I guess. You can take that. That's a good feeling. Like, yeah, and the, fam- the family and friends and everyone shares in it, and it's just. And then we go back to our well. earlier conversation, like, that kind of feeling can mean not only the 22 guys that are on the field, but that feeling that can transpire or transgress into other people outside of that 22 yeah, is a pretty directly, amazing directly hits everyone that watches it and all the friends and family and, and things like that so yeah um, what piece of advice would you give to 14 year old Wallace in retrospect um, it's a toughie 14 year old Wallace what was I doing at 14 it's probably in high school just you do you I, um, yeah I don't know I was Sound, sounds funny but I was never really part of like one friendship group at high school like I was always Florida. yeah I was always a bit of a flutter. like I, I was good friends with a bunch of people um, probably missed out on having that like really good core group of friends and because I was obviously playing footy so I had footy friends and um, I was well not 14 but 15, 16 I was working and stuff like that so I had good really good friends in a bunch of different places um, so I think yeah just just do the things that you want to do and I think I've done pretty well at that but um, yeah start yeah train harder yeah commit more Jeez, I don't know how much more you got left in like, <laughs> you've done a fair bit mate um, yeah no, I've got a good 125 years left <laughs> medical science medical science <laughs> I've got a good 125 yeah. years left cryogenically frozen this question did come up in the, in the thread last night who yeah. is your favourite sister obviously I'm not going to make you answer it, but I thought it'd be fun to ask. Favorite sister? Um, I don't know any nuns. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, let's take you to the next question. Um, 88 common yabbies versus 13 echidnas in a freshwater <laughs> billabong terrain. Who wins and why? How many echidnas was it? Uh, 13. Oh, yabbies. Is one of the yabbies Katie dead? Well, purely because I live in Tyab, and every time someone says Tyab, I say nip nip. Yeah. Uh, the yabbies have got to win. It's just, but I, I don't know. The underside of an echidna is relatively soft, so it really depends how angry the. Angry how do the echidnas go in water? Because obviously in the billabong terrain, there's been oh, a lot of fun around. Yeah, but billabong could be the edge of the billabong. Yeah. It really depends. Death just by a thousand cuts for the yabbies? Yeah, maybe. I think so. I what does the echidna bring to the party? I don't know. It's got its tongue, isn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't do much. No. There's no attack strategy for the echidna. Yeah. This is a great question. Yeah, I, I think you have to include these in one of the yeah. animal foot up fights yeah. and other yeah, well, there's, def- there's definitely no attack strategy from the echidna, like, unless the all 88 yabbies impale themselves on all the Yeah, echidnas, but I don't, think they, in trouble. I don't think the yabbies are going to go that high enough no. to get into the no. spikes yabbies, of the echidna. every day of the week. Nip, nip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? I really struggled with this question when I got an answer. So yeah, see, this too. is one that everyone struggles with, so I've actually thought about this really well. Uh, the nicest thing is an accumulation of little things, like everyone says, but I think it's creating an environment where people can come and, and be supported and, and and support others. I think it's not just like it's not just me supporting a run, it's all our coaches supporting each other and, and all the clients, all the clients supporting each other and creating that environment where it's family and friends. And, and I think the being able to utilize that for things like our run for Rye and the fundraisers we've done for Rye Man and yeah. you know having those fundraisers as a platform for because everyone wants to give everyone wants to help like I'm a big believer that 
everyone wants to do the right thing and everyone wants to be good mostly um, <laughs> and yeah if you give people a platform to do that they'll they'll support it so yeah I, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the Virtus family get together on the 28th of October and, and pump that um, and kind of get around the Johnsons and, and Ryman and yeah. and just support them because yeah they're um, I very fortunate to have those guys in our lives absolutely I was having a conversation with uh, Stubber shout out great man trying to I'm getting, I'm getting a shout out Bell. shout out Bell. we well, need like a sound effect on your podcast like a <laughs> like a little siren or something like that every time you can play every every time you um, do a shout out um, we were asking like conversation come up we're at a barbecue you guys are like if you won tax lotto, like you just donate a large portion of whatever you want to the Johnsons, just so you can give them a bit of a, a bit of a leg up and stuff like that yeah, too. So I think 100%. yeah, it's um, and like, to see totally like agree. how much, like you know, don't talked about Brook and Reese too much because they know how much we love them. But yeah, absolutely. See how much they do for everyone else. Exactly, um, they're filling buckets left, right, and center when exactly. they're probably two that need their buckets filled the most. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just kind of supporting them and, and supporting everyone because, you know, everyone everyone goes through shit and, it, it, like, it's all relative because, you know, people, like, look at Brooke and Reese and say, I could never do that. Mm. But until, you until you're into that situation, into that situation yeah, exactly. then you probably so, won't know. Yeah, so I think it's just supporting, yeah, supporting people and, and helping people support other people. Um, this one come from Casey, which I thought was a really interesting question. It probably goes away from being nice. <laughs> what mildly, what mildly annoying curse do you wish you could <laughs> curse people with? Everyone? Oh, just your enemies or someone that you probably was giving you the shits for the day? Um, like mild, mildly, mildly annoying. That's, that's a good question. Mildly annoying curse. Like it um, might be like you might force someone uh, every time they fight, they fight popcorn for twenty four hours or something. Yeah, see, like I was that. thinking a little bit more like every time they. Thought something negative, or thought something that what they weren't happy about. That they, or actually, I got one. Every every time someone negatively thinks something about themselves, they what would happen? They fart popcorn. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Every time someone has a negative thought about themselves, about what they look like or what, yeah. they, what they are, then they fart popcorn because it's just like yeah, because it's shit. But it's nutritionally enhanced popcorn. <laughs> that's coming from there but yeah interesting question <laughs> anyway great question Fighting. yeah I thought it was a good one um, yeah because that, that's that's one of the things that like probably frustrates me the most about people is that they don't look after themselves and you said that before like one of my favourite quotes is um, oh shit comparison, comparison is, is the people. I was just yeah, going to mention it said it a thousand times so. yeah I think it's a really yeah. I, just you do that quote and I love it Okay. It's um yeah it's it's perfect because it <laughs> every time you have a negative connotation towards your self worth yeah a bit of popcorn comes yeah. out <laughs> hey make that make that a thing make that a t shirt nutrition nutritional yeah. dense and and, the, and on top of that quote is another favorite quote is uh, we suffer more in imagination than reality like yeah they're they're two that we we suffer because of the way we feel about ourselves it's not happening in real life it's happening in our head so. Look after yourself, people. Back yourself in, and and yeah. Um, we've thing. probably talked about the future one, so I won't ask yep. you that one. Good. Um, what is the last book you've read from start to finish, and what did you learn? Um, Extreme or oh, the last one, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink is a big one, and I spoke about that in part one of the podcast. Um, I'm not going to repeat it, so you have to go back and listen to part one. You started with part two. Uh, the other one was Elon Musk's book. Um, 
that was start to finish. That was, yeah, amazing. Just to see, like, someone that looks like it's got it all together, all the shit he's been through and all the bad times and all the times where, like, if, he, if one more rocket failed, SpaceX would be done. You know, Tesla was teetering yep. for so much, for, like, so close to failure and, and being able to to continually chase the things he wants to chase and, and make the world a much better place in the, in the meantime. Um, yeah, that's huge. Uh, I'm actually listening to one at the moment. I'm three quarters of the way through. It's called The Personal MBA. So it's like an MBA, but it's um, a guy who's done all these different courses and actually and run a bunch of businesses and he's going talking about the efficacy of an MBA and whether you actually need one or not and whether it's the return on investments there. And yeah, it's really cool because it's all... Uh, Personal, but also business stuff. I've got three more questions for you. Then, Hit me. then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, if you give everyone one personality trait, what would it be? Good. Uh, persistence. Too many people, and um, probably goes back to resilience. Yeah. There's a bunch of different answers that uh, that I would usually have stolen that everyone else gives. So I'm gonna give something different. Yeah, I like it. Persistence. Um, because yeah, too many people kind of tell themselves they're not, they can't do it or they stop too early. Um, with exercise, with work, with relationships, relationships, everything. Just be persistent. It'll uh, it'll all pay you back with interest. Um, what is success to you? <clears throat> I've used this cliche answer before, but I'm going to try and expand on it. It's doing. It's waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and doing whatever you want to do in between. Being happy. Being happy, yeah. Happiness, I think being happiness is... Or being content. Yeah, happiness is fleeting, so it's one of those things that, like, I'm like, I'm happy most of the time. But I was also shitty that I had to pay lots of bills yesterday. So, like, that happiness thing, it's being... But I'm fortunate that I'm able to pay those bills. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think success is doing what you want to do whilst making the world a better place. Yeah. Not filling your own bucket, but yeah. filling everyone else's bucket in the meantime. Yeah, but if you're doing what you want to do, then your bucket's full anyway. That's right. Um, and I think that that making a world a better place thing doesn't have to be on a massive scale, like Elon Musk is, for example. Like it can be just helping one person. Yeah. And just yeah, projecting that to one person. If you help them, they might help someone else. It's that whole ripple Correct. effect. Correct. As well. And the last one, before we knock this baby on its head, if you could be remembered in one sentence, Ooh. what would it be? Someone who practiced what he preached. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a big one for that. Like, it's the stubbornness, and obviously you titled my podcast <laughs> itself Stubbornness <laughs> and Achievement, but I think I think staying true to your word is, is a big... Yeah. Something that I, I get pissed off when I don't stay true oh, to my too. word. Me too. Having integrity and in doing the things you said you were going to do is just... That's important. That's really important to me. Um, and for anyone that's listened to the Tommy T podcast and seen me eat at Common Folk, yeah, I fucked that one up. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, I'll ask you the next day after I'm yeah. six. No, I lasted like two days. Well, the, the next two days after that, someone bought me lunch. Was it you? So, uh, I, I, like two people bought me lunch. But yeah, I decided to nip that one of the butt. <laughs> Even though I said I wouldn't eat a common folk for a month, I realized that if I didn't eat a common folk, I'd just buy food elsewhere. We're supporting local business. And I'd rather support Sammy and the, and the rest of the crew. So yeah, that's, that's it. Right. Any more for any more? No, that's it. I, I guess if work. Um, you like what you hear, you can... Yeah. Um, uh, I guess the big thing for the podcast, and I'll probably do what you should have done probably a long time ago, is just rate and review. Yes. So if you rate and review the podcast, leave it with a statement, 
tell us how many stars you want. That, that, that's the Five algorithm. Would Five would be good. Um, that's how we get the, well, that's how lucky we get the podcast out there. And if you like yeah. what you hear, if you've got any questions, obviously you can email Lockie at info at Virtus Performance. Kind of, I don't know. Yeah, infoverdusperformance.com. Dot com. Uh, jump on the website, verdusperformance.com. I'm hanging around uh, Virtus, so if you want to talk to me about yes. anything or if anything piques your interest, give us a shout out. Available, available on all socials. Uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions or queries or thoughts or anything, just contact us because always up for a chat. Contact Lockie, not me, because I don't actually work for Virtus. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's right. But, um, Podcast producer, head thanks, of education. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Lock. Um, You're welcome, mate. It was, it was a lot a, of fun. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot easier on this side of the chair, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I, uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. So thanks, man. Pleasure.